This is The Art of Warcast, a podcast about card games and board games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Are you a fan? All right, welcome. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. I'm Doug Keister. Uh, what are we up to today, Carl? Well, it's been a while since our last episode. Life, you know. Anyhow, there are a few pieces of news which we'll cover. In advance of Gen Con and the Prince of the City Rivals tourney, we'll talk about our approaches to deck building in Rivals. But first, some news. Yeah, so we are sitting here on September 11th, uh, Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, just afternoon. Yeah, sort of in the sun. Sort of, sort of in the sun, not quite. We're doing a... A back porch recording, so you're gonna, you might hear some mic movement, some chords, that kind of thing. But we're sitting out here because I'm having my basement finished, <laughs> and it's probably uh, mes- there's probably a lot of oh come on, who doesn't want to breathe now. in a little uh, fiberglass? <laughs> I was me- meso- mesolymphoma, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah, sound yeah. great. Yeah, that's the yeah. plan. So meso- we're avoiding mesothelioma. Thelioma, thank you. There you go. Yeah. But but there has been some news. Uh, just just dropped. Yeah, um, I'm kind of like I'm very I'm go go ahead educate me because I just <laughs> I saw this existed but not what happened. Yeah. So so uh, we'll go through the games Keyforge Ashes and Rivals. Uh, Keyforge FFG just posted yesterday that Keyforge will be on hiatus. They're down but not out was the title of the of the article. Apparently the algorithm the deck generating algorithm that they use is broken. Um, and said that because it's broken, they can't produce decks. They will, it's broken to the point where they have to rebuild it from the ground up. So, yeah, so Keyforge is on hiatus. I, I, in my head, I'm thinking a year. Ouch. You know, depending on, um, Uh, it really depends on how fast their software developers work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think it's that, and it's the um, it's the momentum, right? How much how much momentum have they lost? How much longer does it get production to get rolling to get that to get into into uh, to get production started to get it rolling out to get it trans- transported to people? Well, let's you see. Know? They do their they do the printing in Europe, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, through what is it Cardamundi or something like that? No, it's uh, not Cardamundi. I know that much. I, I say don't remember what. It, or, it, originally, remember. it was a German company, wasn't it? I remember yeah, it was about German. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, whatever company they use to do the printing, obviously they're going to lose their places in line. They have to cancel any exactly. print runs, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the software development cycle is going to take some time to get everything back back to where even where they were. Yeah, if they're repairing the whole thing, totally. I, I'm just wondering if they didn't... It, my guess is they have had some sort of scalability issue in the algorithm and the number of cards that they're dealing with now, something, you know... Yeah, I mean, I've it. seen all kinds of speculation online. Yeah, because um, I'm, I'm assuming the announcement, you know, as always, doesn't tell us what went wrong or even. No, like no, 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 no. They just yeah. say it's broken. Yeah, yeah. and there's no the reason hell? you would expect them to. Oh no, totally. To go into now, that w- couple of things about this is, they said that it's on hiatus, but it will relaunch. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But well, one of the things that they have they they did announce was let's I'll quote this. FFG said, "quote." We very much hope and intend to launch a digital version of Keyforge, courtesy of our friends at Stainless Games. This new, this exciting new project is currently in discussion. So the interesting part about both this this article is one, it's it was Frank with the with the, hey, we're going on hiatus, we're it's broken, mm-hmm. which 
there wasn't any candy coating or sugar coating of that right. message. Mm-hmm. Well, right? that's good. That's that's, that's good. very good. Yeah. yeah. And you know, to, just to sort of kind of finish my thought from before, like sure. the with it being broken, having to basically rebuild it from the ground up. That that's that's a software development project that'll take a while. And then they need to get back in touch with their the German or European print company. And so yeah, you're right. What Carl said, we're, it's going to take a while to get things back going. So we're looking at six months, a year, eighteen months. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, I mean, the, 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 it's it's a variable amount of time, you know, before we're, we're we're off of hiatus, but that also gives them time for to get the digital version of the game rolling. And what I'm hoping is is that it'll be you'll have the ability to scan your decks into the game. Yeah, th- that's the that's the next thing that's is the, that's, that's pretty exciting. Thing. Now, yeah. there's two things about this. Is one they were candid about the why they could have said. Keyforge is on a hiatus for the pandemic, and they could have they could have completely just been obtuse. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I'm glad they weren't. So they weren't. So that was good. And then they're announcing their hope of an intention to get a, a online version going, which means you know, like there's always big ifs. You know, uh, like anyone know Cyberpunk 2077, right? Like they oh, yeah. they intended to launch a game in last November and they net they launched part of a game <laughs> right like so there's always in, so in, software in development the, is one of these things right in the same way that a body missing a few limbs is part of a person <laughs> yes they release part of a game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. now now the interesting part about the online component is that they announced it at this early stage the FFG that I've been you know watching for the last 10 years has never been like hey here's something we're going to be doing soon right well, like this- they they always it's always black and white it's like we're not doing anything or here it is yeah. we've done it great yeah, i right? think okay. in this case ffg has to yeah yeah keyforge is a very big part of their bottom line right now it's their most popular card game it's very possibly you know, one of their most popular games. Period. I don't. I don't know if it's number. If it's their number one seller, but it's got to be up there, right? I mean, it's it's a very in terms popular of units game. at the very least. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, units moved. Uh, probably also revenue. I mean, back in 2019, they were doing with all the prize support that they were doing for Keyforge. I mean, it was. It may not, uh, the pandemic has hurt it, but it was a big seller you know because and they were doing all sorts of price support. so it's 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 key to ffg's bottom line for their their product portfolio going forward yep mm-hmm. now so this that's why they they're so frank about it yeah and we're and, not getting rid of this guys yeah, yeah, yeah don't yeah, go yeah, away yeah, yeah. yeah so that's one that's one reason they would do so um i also i i also think it's not a it's not com- a completely bad thing because it's it's for it, it was limping kind of out of the pandemic we are still in the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that it would have been limping along and to just say, okay, take a break, take advantage of this time, develop the software, de- develop the algorithm, develop the online client, and then release them all at once. Have that in Winds of Exchange, which is the new yep. new uh, set that's completely developed. Mm-hmm. Have that, you know, come out when the, when the online client is released and boom, there you go. Now, mm-hmm. here's a question for you. Is the online client free to play or is it subscription? What what Ooh, I want to speculate a little bit about what that looks like. I think if you have 
I'll, I'll share my opinions. I think if you have decks that you can only build buy online that don't exist in real life, that's not a good way to go. You have a you have an online meta and you have a real life meta. I think well, if you if you obligate people to buy real decks that they have to wand into what is it called the master, master something river yeah master vault master vault, master vault. right yeah. so you want it in so you do go in into the master vault you want it in and that's your deck and you can play that and they can have op and they can have op events with that official client right Yes. Mind dribble. There are bugs having sex above above uh, <laughs> Carl's head. Fair it's, enough. it's dragonfly <laughs> sex right Fair over enough. Carl's head. Fair enough. There, there we go. I saw something zip past us about it, so I'm darn clue. Uh, so I, that's what I th- I think. Ha- being able to play your live decks online, your in real life decks online, in little organized play stuff, in larger organized play events, that would be. And then people pay Patreon. People pay TCO Patreon five bucks a month. There's quite a few, right? TCO being the Crucible Online. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I'm one of them. And, and so, would you? Wouldn't you pay five bucks a month to be able to play your Keyforge decks online? As, a, as an incidental side note, I noticed that Patreon is very much the I want to support the under, the little guys doing something I love. And when you when Patreon alongside any kind of corporate thing gets mentioned, it bombs to the ground immediately because that's just not what it's doing you know what i'm saying right you, you, it's, it's a this is you're talking about a game as a service which is totally a thing i mean lord above has been a thing for decades now you know and it's definitely mm-hmm. the current uh, deal i think you're right on your first call that what you're describing is functionally the pokemon model is that there are no digital decks there are decks that get scanned in right that's how it works you have okay. a digital copy of an existing set of cards okay. um and i think that survives better with the size of undertaking we're talking about versus say uh, magic arena where Magic Arena is very clearly going, we are big enough that we don't care about cannibalizing any of the people who would otherwise buy physical cards. And right. we'll, we'll happily just give you a version yeah, to go and pay for again. Which is the coast is basically yeah. like, you're going to buy our physical stuff and you're going to buy our digital and we stuff don't care, and, and you're going to love it. Yeah, exactly. You know, totally. And I mean, yeah. the big advantage for um, for Wizards, of course, is they managed to nail this uh, into into a reasonable form of life around the time the pandemic kicked off. So good for them, let's be fair. Well, that, you know? that really forced Arena to become a good platform. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing as well. I, I totally agree. But I think in, in terms of looking at what their intent was, and we can apply this to FFG, that had to have been rolling for some time before the pandemic kicked off. It was it's well, the, it's the Animal Crossing syndrome. They didn't plan for that, but it was darn lucky that it happened, you know. And they could then start to capitalize on it once that um, situation and, and, became uh, yeah, uh, like became Arena apparent. already existed before the pandemic, totally. and they were working on it. Yeah, but the you know the pandemic coming around kind of forced Wizards to throw yes. a lot more resources at at arena yeah. to make it good totally whether they were planned or not before to yeah. keep their pro- to keep their revenue stream for magic going in a pandemic where people can't get together and play yeah and that kind of leads into the big point i want to make about all this a second a little a little aside aside when do you think uh ffg actually knew about this problem you mean the algorithm going south because mm-hmm. i think my answer is some time ago for them to have announced it now at all there's no way in hell this was short short range you know, yeah, they 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 most likely it most likely broke down at some point, and they've been trying to fix it Bingo. for. But I don't. I'm not in software development. Totally. Do you try to fix it for a yeah. month? Do you try no, to fix yeah. it for? I'm, I'm not, I'm not six saying six weeks, a number on weeks, it, I have no idea. But yeah. they've known uh, about it for a bit. Yeah. Being a mm-hmm. in corporate sure, yeah, software development. Yeah. yeah, I you know I work for I, I've my whole career has been working for software companies pretty much. So they've probably known and been trying to fix it 
anywhere from three to six months, maybe nine. You know, mm. it's it's been a while. Like it could be as much as a year, honestly. Uh, well, but Dark Tidings came out in May. But again, uh, and, but they had, mental, but they, they were you know? generating stuff up until then, yeah. right? But maybe maybe the algorithm still works for Dark Tidings, but it doesn't work for whatever comes after Dark Tidings. Okay, it breaks when they it broke when they added the new set to it. It was probably what happened. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the good thoughts, isn't it? Are we talking about? Is there something in um, FFG systems that have, that? Well, actually, no, I was going to say, we know there is something in FFG system that uniquely identifies every single deck. And my suspicion is, like Doug says there, whatever they've done with the newest sets has retroactively broken that system, has gone, oh, we can't add new things in without screwing yeah, up that, the existence was, of the decks. That was one of the speculations uh, online the indexing, on Reddit, is that, yeah. is that it works for N, it works for N plus one, they assumed it, N, it worked for N plus one iterated, and right? crash, yeah. And then, but at one point, it does get to a critical mass where that additional one breaks it. Like, so maybe it's the, you oh, know, and who knows? Good. It's the deck checking thing. Like, because cause yeah. once it builds a deck, as far as as far as far I remember from talking to Brad, this is not, you know. Well, remember. This is not proprietary information, yeah. but they've said, like, it builds a deck, then checks to make sure that deck hasn't been built before. Yeah, right? so exactly. So maybe that's the step. I also asked my wife, who's a software developer, and she's like, it also it also could be that they're they want they they're wanting they're basically querying a system querying mm-hmm, a database right. to get an answer which is the the deck yeah and so one thing they get too many bad responses for as many mm-hmm. they you know they they run it a hundred times and they get too many bad responses to effectively make use of the good responses they get right so too, too much noise the, signal yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, but who the hell knows i mean it's yeah, all totally. just random yeah. guessing really yeah so when they generate a deck they're probably not keeping the deck list they're probably keeping just like the the qr code is associated with an identifier which is associated with a deck list they may only be keeping like the the that piece of information, like the the, the generating from there, a yeah. unique identifier, right, right, yeah. right, and, and storing that, and and trying to ensure that that they never double up on a unique identifier. So there may be some collision there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, however, they're you're right. However, they're checking for the you know deck uniqueness could be where it broke. It could be that they tr- that, tr- that that they're trying to add a new faction or something like that, and they just ran into some sort of. Weird artificial limit that they didn't. I'm gonna say this could this be as simple as an overflow. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it probably it, is, isn't it? it? They're just not gonna big enough a big enough identifier right. code in there. Yeah, so which is crazy, um, but totally possible. Well, if they're using uh, UUIDs, it should be 128 bits. But who? So but, that, like but, like you said, if if we're getting not to get too much heavy on the math side here, if we are getting like um, exponentially large amounts of failed replies, those could be blocking out. Yes, the, the, so, that space. You know. So like there are. You know, to I mean, a lot of people I'm sure who are listening out there are, are wanting to speculate or interested in mm-hmm. our maybe might maybe I'd like to think they're interested in our speculation. But <laughs> there are you know just from my experience in as a QA person working for in a software development environment, there are an infinite number of ways that this thing could have gone off the oh, rails. Oh, without any doubt, yeah. And there could be then, and they could be looking at multiple problems. Exactly, yeah. As so say, the, yeah. so that's something else. The reason why they're saying this publicly is because you're right. They have, Tobin, you're right. They have tried to fix the problem, possibly four months, possibly even as much as a year. Mm-hmm. And 
every patch, th- the, the various patches that they've tried to make up to this point have failed in some way. And perhaps, you know, they fixed one problem and another problem has, has been uncovered by that. So it, so the fact that they have to, that they're saying to us, and we have to rebuild this from the ground up means that one of their fundamental assumptions that they made way back when they first developed the software to do, to do the deck generation yeah, yeah. has a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, and, and one of the things was, remember when, when Keyforge first came out? The the deck generation algorithm had to be changed a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, first printing to second printing of Coda was different. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things was the generation of some really off color names, right? <laughs> and <laughs> things like the, that. The, yeah, the, so, the word net they had. Yeah. So they had to patch it a couple of times. So you know, so whatever, perhaps you know, something that they did there could have been something that is breaking it now. Well, yeah, there, quite there, there's there's all sorts of speculation that we could get into and and I, and you're right. I yeah, could talk about yeah. this for an hour or more about but just, you know, what the possibilities are. You mentioned Cyberpunk 2077 early and as Doug will know from direct experience, every patch that targets 5 bugs produces 15. Yes. You know, that's that's yeah. what happens, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, and to tie back to what I was talking about before, when I mentioned the whole idea of how long have they known this for? We're going back and forth on. Um, it's pretty clear to me they I'm pretty sure they've known for a while and they've hit a critical mass because as Tobin brought up earlier what's the other thing they mentioned at the same time they kind of went the keyforge algorithm is broken and by the way here's a nice new thing in the digital keyforge that we're in the early stages of discussing I mean yeah, no game yeah. no certainly no board gaming company or card gaming company goes we are in the initial stages of discussing something unless they absolutely have yeah to. yeah yeah like if, if the, the the assumption is like that they've signed papers and these people are in development, but whether oh my, or not, yeah. whether or not the the product actually makes it to to retail, I mean, is the, a whole different story. From the impression they're giving us, they've just they've just started going on it. So my point being, they would never normally mention it this early. But they no, 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 so that's the thing. Yeah. FFG does not. So yeah. this is like a like a in in two ways. It's out of character. It's an out of character post for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I I have a, a slightly different take on the that portion of the the digital game portion of the announcement. Uh, they had to. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, the pandemic has been hard on FFG. Mm-hmm. They don't have much in the way of digital games. Asmodee's got a bunch of things you can get, like Ticket to Ride and things like that. You know, digital. But what digital portfolio does FFG have for their for their games? It's not much. Almost non-existent, yeah. So Arena is huge, as Carl's mentioned. Magic Arena is huge. It's just very big and very popular. It's it's a great online platform. You've got the Crucible Online and things like that, or uh, you know, Ash Tacky for Ash, Ashes, yep, and, and yep. you know, all that sort of thing. That's not bringing in any revenue. Crucible Online doesn't bring in any revenue in for FFG, unless you're buying a deck to load up into Crucible. Right, and, right. Uh, so that's maybe maybe ins, you know incidental, but you know no direct you know revenue. So they need digital revenue, and looking at things like the uh, the Kickstarter that's going on for uh, Soul Forge Fusion right now, mm-hmm. it's uh, another Richard Garfield game. It's it's a, it's a, it's it's a kind of Key Forge doubled. It's a yeah, it's a mashup between Smash Up and Key Forge with. So or, or possibly, you know, like Magic Jumpstart also is another Yeah, yeah, game. yeah. Mm-hmm. They've talked about yeah. those two things. So, like, you have two half decks that are generated by an algorithm, right. and then you can you buy two of those. I think either uh, one of those pick, at you, once or you several. You pick two halves to mix together, basically. Yeah, and you right. pick two, yeah. two yeah. and then yep. you have a Forgeborn. Now, yeah. and that was interesting. Um, 
So, but that is. I want going to talk to, about that in a minute. Well, yeah, I do want to talk more about that. But the, the where it relates to my point is that that is going to have a digital component. There are day one of the Kickstarter. They're talking about, and you'll be able to you know import your these decks into you know scan them in and play them online. And we'll have an online version, and we'll have a real world version. And there'll be uh, you know like prize support and tournaments and things like that. So it sounds like that what they're planning to do is they're planning to do. Physical real world tournaments and digital online tournaments. Yeah, well, because Surf, the the original Surf Soul Forge was online. Yeah, it was completely right? digital. So I think you know FFG is seeing some of this stuff that's happening. Every every card game company, even like Pinebox Entertainment, who runs Doomtown, is developing an online version of the game. And in their latest Kickstarter for Doomtown, they're talking about it about you know hey come play our, our online version that's officially supported. So FFG has to. Yeah. To keep up with, yeah. the, to yeah. keep up yeah. with other the, card yeah. games, it has to. And I think it's, I think it's a coincidence that Soulforge Fusion went live this week, oh, and FFG totally. announced, <laughs> you know, the hiatus. Now, Soulforge Fusion, I checked this out. Right, Richard Garfield. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I played his games, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I checked it out. And the, the, you know, the smash up the. Uniquely generated, algorithm-generated de- half-decks. That's uh-huh. interesting. Yeah. But this is another smash that guy deck, smash that guy game. And, like, like I found myself watching the video, and I'm mm. like, please be something other than kill. Please be something <laughs> other than kill. Please be something. Because Keyforge is fun because you can totally n- stop messing with killing people and just try to get Amber. Yeah. Right? You can, like, halfway through the game, you can switch. Mm-hmm. You just trying well, to get Amber, trying to get Amber. Decks building it's, different it's, jobs. Yeah, it's a know? completely yeah. different type of game. Like it's a, it's really a race game that has a creatures killing creatures component in it, right? And yeah. then they got to the, and then you're gonna deplete your enemy to from fifty life points or hit points to zero. And I went, shit. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm already playing Ashes. I've played Magic before. I don't know that I want to do yeah, another I mean, kill guy, kill the other guy game. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing in card games. That's the equivalent of a first-person shooter in video games. They'll be around forever, and you can do interesting stuff with that. So I'm less. I know. I know. You get, I get what you're getting at. It, it, it says like, oh, another one, you know, and that's fine. I think, and and for us particularly, I, I get the kind of deal of going. Well, there's better be something. There better be something else very interesting in there, or else we're not going to grab for it. But it will do just fine with that. People like doing games. You know? Yeah, yeah. You can't well, blame I mean, them going there. Look at look at. Like, look at the games we played th- that we've really enjoyed in the past. L5R, multiple win conditions. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Conquest, multiple win conditions. Ooh, well, yeah, but Conquest is much more of a was much more of a convoluted smash people in the face game. You know. Well, but was, yeah, yeah, but but you're trying to, you're you. It's don't a ground necess- acquisition game. Yeah, yeah, you don't necessarily have to. You do because it's incentivized. Mm. But you can also you can just kill the warlord or you can. Um, Get the planet totally, but, right? but Netrunner, yeah, definitely a different, yeah, it's different, to- totally thing, different, deal. right? Yeah, yeah. Totally different beast. Um, so those are the games that we've played. Keyforge, right? Not again, d- different. Well, not different win conditions. You have to get the three keys and then you win, but you can get there in any manner of ways. That's what we like. And Ashes has multiple paths to the win condition. Um, it's still a kill the guy. It's ultimately I, it's also a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. It's also, but it's just a beautiful game. Anyhow, <laughs> so thoughts on Soulforge Fusion? The, I want to stop. If I, if I could get anyone around here to play it, <laughs> well, I'm currently backing it at a buck because mm-hmm. I think it's a cool idea. 
the art looks good. The the play is interesting with the different lanes of combat and all that. There there's a lot of there's a lot of things in there that make it interesting mechanically to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the you know, the end the end all be all of you know kill your opponent is a little less interesting, but there's enough other things of, of interest in there that I am intrigued by the game, and would be willing to play it. Like, you know, give it a try. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I am going back and forth on you know should I back and get at a level that gets me actual cards or not. Yeah, because you bring up the point of um, finding people to play with, but it's got a heavy right. digital component, so... It does, you know. and that, and that could be good, but also, but having a... I, I'm not big on playing card games online. I, I just have a, I have a bit of a mental hang-up about that. I, I, I always have, always will, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I think, when, I think me personally, when there's clearly a, a very solidly put together, very well um, curated out uh, UI to use, I don't have as an issue. You know, it's a good engine to play with. Playing things like, you know, the classic Jinteki, Ashteki stuff, things like that, where it's essentially just a um, a board space you have to go in and know how to play the game is a different matter, I find. But, you know, that's for me. From that point of view, yeah, I guess it. I guess I could, you know, find myself buying into at it. At least find if you like it, you know, at the very least, you know, yeah. an easy way there without yeah. having to worry about I, the shipping. I, I would like to be able to play it, you know, like with my friends in real life, you know, with mm. my local, you know, play group. And so far, no one I've talked to uh, amongst my friends is really interested in, in buying into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, moving on well, to very oh, quick, very quickly, okay. I will mention I'd be interested to see how well the two algorithmically generated halves of a deck combined, uh, how well that uh, avoids the problems that Keyforge are trying to avoid. The way Keyforge has an algorithmic deck where you're going, you can't really, you can't do any building at all towards power play. You just have to take the deck that's in front of you, right? And I wonder, I'm wondering how well this will play out when it's all, no, no, no. If you've got half, if you found half of a stormingly good deck, then you're halfway there and you've got less randomness to worry about to find the other half of a ludicrously mm-hmm. good deck right. and throw them together. Right. I'm wondering how well that'll play out. That's the, the thought that comes to mind for me. Well, they, they Justin, Gary, and Richard Garfield talked on Justin's podcast, uh, Think Like a Game Designer, and I listened mm-hmm. to that earlier this week, and... They talk about they obviously this is the iteration this is the next iteration of procedurally de- generated mm-hmm. card game decks right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. taking it and splitting it in half and so um, th- there are it, that's an interesting I recommend you listen to that podcast think like a game designer Justin Gary and they talk about that they talk about how well they hope they've solved those issues mm-hmm. they don't know though yeah right? that's that's the thought and there yeah. there's some op there's some considerations they have in play i think if i remember correctly they they have some things that they could do organized play wise to limit the certain combinations of decks going together mm-hmm. because there's four factions so you take a half deck from one faction and a half deck from another faction, and you put them together. I think that's how it goes. Yes, totally. you're not allowed. To, you're not allowed to take two of the same faction. Yeah. And put them together. Yeah. So then they could yeah. they could you know ban faction combinations. I guess that would be pretty extreme. Well, but, they they'll have to do. I think they'll have to do kind of like uh, Keyforge is doing with like chains and things like that, and just and you know if if a deck gets too many chains and gets in is in is too powerful. You, the deck itself gets banned. Right. One advantage they might have the digital space, not to get way off track here, is if they can, if they feel they can weight the cards or tier the cards appropriately, uh, it might be a case of you put two combinations together in a deck builder, and it gives you a score, yeah. and, and and tournaments and things will be limited to a certain budget. 
you know, and, and I think Justin mentioned something like if you have a certain deck, you have five less hit points. That's a good example, right? Like yeah. okay. they didn't they they mentioned chains of key, the chains in Keyforge, mm-hmm. and said that wasn't a mechanic they particularly liked or Justin didn't like. Um, restricting so, restricting card draw is always a hard. Sell. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but um, so they were talking about like doing things with life point totals at the yeah. beginning of the games. That's just, yeah, makes that, sense. That, that yeah. seems like a, a decent solution. But the I, I the also the fact that you're uh, you have three different levels of cards in your deck. You've got level one, level two, level three, and you're mm-hmm. leveling them up as you go. And that could be also be a moderating effect on it, because let's say. You know, your level three is the one that's, you know, truly broken of this one card. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to get to that until your third time through the deck. guess so, yeah. Because when you play out a card, you take the level two and put it in the discard pile. And then when you reshuffle, you reshuffle your discard pile. Mm-hmm. So you don't shuffle the level one back in. Some of those OP cards could be transitory. Like, it's like it shows up for, like, one round and then it's gone. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And there's, there's lots of interesting thoughts about how you could make that play out there. You know, by having like yeah. complete crap, complete crap, decent card in the scaling. You know, right. so yeah, I get what you're so, saying. So, yeah. so yeah, so that that could make what we're talking about a little less of a problem. It it still could show up. Well, like I say, the, the, not to get stuck on this, but at the worst, those are knobs that can be turned. They're controls yeah. that can be modified to play with this. So yeah. And so, talking about online news, online online gaming, uh, Plaid Hat Games announced uh, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, that they were not going to travel to Gen Con. They were not going to, ge- to go to Gen Con to do that. And so instead, they're holding a Summoner Wars online tournament. Yeah, I'd heard about and that. And the, the, those signups are already filled up, and so that's already done. <laughs> the, I think that's taking place uh, during the week of Gen Con. And then they're also holding a Ashes, a, they're calling it AshCon 2021. So it's an Ashes tournament on Ash Techie. A third-party platform, and I, I went, oh my gosh, and I'm like, never, ever, ever, ever would FFG ever do anything like, like oh, we're going to run an official tournament on TCO, you know, and, and it's just, it goes to the small company, that, that small company has, has more control over themselves, big company has to run it up the ladder, and somebody eventually says no. Well, I would say... FFG. But that's really interesting, yeah. and I've signed up for Ashtechie 2021. I have absolutely no hopes of winning. <laughs> it's a four-person pod. You play three games or four games, something like that. I still need to sign up for that. And, and yep, you got to sign up for it. And I think it's open until like, oh, maybe it's hopefully it's still open because it's Saturday the 11th. It, it closes either Monday or yesterday. I can't remember which. Ooh. They, prob- <laughs> they probably leave a weekend open for the code, so it might be Monday. So, um, I'll, I yeah, I need to double check that when I get home. But <laughs> okay. Ash Techie is. I played one game against a gentleman by the name of Brian B. He was very, very considerate, and he let me. I was like, would you mind playing with me? This is my second time on a Techie, and I've got like 20 games of Ashes under my belt. Please. like. And he's like, yeah, he played with some of the new cards, uh, the, uh, the newer cards that they've been previewing, so mm-hmm. they have a lot of those things. He Close. had the snakes, yep. uh, the cobra, the I think it's the red cobra, and I didn't know what I I didn't know what was going on. Like you know, I'm still a neophyte when it comes to ashes, so I was like totally out of my league. But I got to learn the interface enough, so then I'm like, okay, I know what's going on. I can manage the interface, and so that's cool. I I was really hoping to play some ashes 
in person with folks at Gen Con, and hopefully that can still happen. I was hoping that there would be a, you know, an audience for it, but maybe not. We'll find out. But yeah. that's the news out of Plaid Hat. The next thing of Summoner Wars and the next thing of Ashes is now like late October, early November. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Again, production and logistics issues across the world. Uh, let's yep, see. Yep, yep. And the, yeah. But Vampire Rivals tops the list. The the thing that happened to Blood and Alchemy, where the truck that was carrying the cards that were pre-ordered through CrowdOx, that truck broke down yep. on the way from somewhere to the Order Fulfillment Center. And so we, quote unquote, lost our place in line at the Order Fulfillment Center. Mm-hmm. And we had to go to the back of the line. And you're like, you're effing kidding me. The truck broke down? Man, alive! Well, I mean, there's a fault here, right? Cause it's it's one of those it's one of those fun ones of scale. I think if you do get involved in in actually unpacking and distributing product at uh, an actual game store, you might have a slightly better grasp on this. But on the scale of what gets moved from place to place in in this state, in this city alone, like card games and board games are such a tiny percentage. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you yeah, yeah, Guarantee yeah. that truck Absolutely. was not just carrying our stuff, but unfortunately, <laughs> it happened to be the one that bought it in the middle of freaking nowhere somewhere, you know, and we got stuck because of that, you know. Or maybe they bought it in front of the, in, in the middle of Boston. We have no yeah, idea. Yeah, you know what I'm right? saying? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I I I, I they just assume, broke down. I was going to say my previous statement stands, no? You know, so, you know, get a quick jab in there. But yeah, that's kind of the point is like you can guarantee it's some it's uh, the idea that one truck could carry all of a game. That one truck's probably carrying a hell of a lot of stuff on a hell of a lot of stuff on top of that, but unfortunately Unfortunately, we the uh, the uh, blood and alchemy stuff was on on there, right? Holy cow! Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Now w- there are rumors of maybe Wolf and Rat being there's some availability of Wolf and Rat at Gen Con. That could be which fun. is the second. Yep. Um, We're gonna get a sudden influx one? of cards. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sense. sure, for sure. I kind of um, hope that that is not the case. Well, because it hasn't even been crowdoxed yet, right? No, it hasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, 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 it always annoyed the hell out of me when FFG would do shit like that. When you'd have, you know, like, you'd have availability at Gen Con of something. Yeah. And then they would sell too much of it at Gen Con. And, sorry, I'm rebooting my phone. Okay. <laughs> um, they would sell too much of it at Gen Con. And then that would, you know, cause delays in getting it into into the stores after Gen Con. Well, yeah. And and so then it'd be like, hey, these people got these cards at Gen Con, and now I have to wait until fucking December or yeah. later. Yeah, I mean, less yeah, about yeah. causing the delay, but the delay existing. Yeah, that just that disparity in general was always like, so you've got what over there? Like, who's got what? You know, who's coming back from what event with this new pack? Like that we're not going to see for six weeks if we're looking. Yeah, the classic, you know? the yeah. the one I remember the most was opening moves. Oh God! That had Jackson oh, Howard in it. Oh man! Everybody Jay, came back. Everybody came back from uh, Gen Con with Jackson Howard, like yeah, half a dozen people version. in the yeah. in the and and it just gave them such an advantage. Well, it, it was the worst card in the world to pick <laughs> as a promo because and, well, and it wasn't a promo. And, it was in the pack. Yeah. Well, you know. You know yeah. You know, it's just like the worst possible option for it to turn up in that like pre pre released wet manner. It's like oh my God. And then like two years later, they released like. Three packs, one one pack along with the store that week, and then two other data packs, and then the premium NBN pack, all data and destiny, like all at once. And the Netrunner crowd was going gaga, and the people at home were like, 
off. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, as, as someone who is going to Gen Con, and I think um, even Doug could count in this, as someone who functionally is going to get, would get cards if they turn up at Gen Con, because we'd be grabbing your pack, yep. you know. I am like, ooh, yeah, lots of new stuff all at once, that's cool. But yeah, there is this side point of a lot of people, other people won't get to encounter it, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see what the impact of the first new set of cards for well, Rivals I'm, is. Yeah, alone yeah. Two at once, I'm already a little know? upset with the fact that I, I don't know where to get a copy of Smoke. Now that is a good one. I got to admit, yeah, as, as I, an I don't know because yeah. I didn't realize he was a promo, right? And yeah, I'm course. playing with him, and they're like, well, "You don't." Yeah. You, yeah, well, Renegade, yeah, yeah, Renegade, Renegade <laughs> uh, back months ago on their on on uh, if it was on the official, the unofficial Discord was talking about. I believe it was Matt Holland who was talking about it, but you know, don't quote me on that. I don't remember exactly who it was, but was yeah. saying that uh, there were, there were questions being asked about promo availability, and you know, w- w- if you're not at events and things like that, can you get promos? And Renegade was saying that they're that they had plans to put the promos on their web store, mm-hmm. so that you could buy copies. You know, yeah. you could buy them and just ah uh, okay, and that has yet to materialize, and you know, I know that Smoke is in the the first their first OP kit or whatever. I haven't seen those for sale anywhere, and I haven't seen right. like, the promos put up on the web store yet. So, uh, well, we'll find out. Like Carol and I can find out more definitely. Um, the horse, from the horse's mouth. From the horse's mouth. Yeah. So yes, I would like to get you know my one copy of Smoke. Actually, I would like two copies because I have two core sets. But see, let's let's regale you the full story here because I'm not sure if the actual full set of events has occurred here. But when we first started getting our copies of Rivals together and got the whole like you know we're going to play for the first time, we're going to pull out the pre-built decks. Right, right. Three of us sat around to the three-person game. Then we did the four-person when Jason came in with a couple of games. Then we're like, right, okay, we played this a bit. Let's try and build decks, right? And we played our first afternoon of a couple of uh, multiplayer games with our first time having built decks and went ha huh, that game's very different and then three out of the four of us went home and said where the hell is this smoke card because <laughs> Tobin, pl- Tobin played and played Bruja right well no I was playing Venture Bruja yeah. yeah and had, you had, had smoke in there and we're all like god that card and we all went home and went where the hell is this card? Where the, where the hell is it? We can't find it. What the? Where the hell is this card? And it turns out that Tobin had that promo set, and we're like, "Yeah, what the fuck?" And it was just because I bought the pro, the the rivals yeah. from Haunted Game Cafe, your former employer. Yeah, I know. Which, and they had had they could have the bloody five, mentioned. They had five the Kickstarter five promos, so the alternate art of the five of the four leaders and smoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't complain. They gave me a copy of the game for free, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but they yeah, didn't yeah. give me a cassette of the goddamn promos. <laughs> I didn't know they had those. <laughs> Well, yeah, and so uh, like every time we sit down, we're like, they're like, yeah, we're gonna get smoke eventually. Yeah, just I would, you watch. I would, <laughs> I, I would point out here, just to mention up to Renegade, and I will say this to them in person: giving out alternate arts or nice new impressive versions of tokens or cards or things like that as promos that are in limited use, limited um, distribution, and only a handful of people might ever see is no problem. Giving out a functional part of the game that only a small part of the population gets is bad, particularly in a competitive game. This is not good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so don't do that, guys. As, do as that. you know, if if they can, if they will guarantee equal access to mm-hmm. the to things like smoke, yeah, fine. You know, go ahead and and do them as a hey, this is a special Gen Con release or whatever. Totally. And you know, in in uh, <laughs> you know, in a couple, and and then a week after Gen Con, it'll be up on our web store or something like that. Yeah. But you know, you're gonna you are going to piss off your fan base and lose players. If there's unequal access to cards in in, in the game, it seems like mechanical parts of the game. That's right. a big kicker here. Yeah, you know, 
I mean, even even look at Magic the Gathering doesn't do things like that. Oh, no. Can you imagine the uproar? Oh, my Lord. You know, you know. They're, they're, yes, you might have to pay $90, $100, $200 to get a card, but you have to access to it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's still in the pack. You could, you might be, you might be the one. You can still have right. a lot of the lottery thing. You guys don't get yeah, that at all as a British we, lottery. We thing. don't, yeah. we don't. Uh, but we, the three of us, haven't gone in for collectible card games for a while. For, right? for, for, for a reason. Packs, yeah. <laughs> for a reason. Because and this, we and, just don't want to. And, and yeah. Rivals is chase. not supposed to be a collectible game. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree with you, Carl. I agree both with that. That having a vampire that's functionally different like smoke available to a small cadre of people for a limited time is okay but it has to be limited limited. it has to be you know you're talking about a month tops yeah so and because that lends itself to deck building yeah right like the order fulfillment for blood and alchemy is going out this week i got myself i got my email saying hey it'll be fulfilled this week now starting on wednesday around 10 a.m Colorado time, I'm not at home. I'm at Gen Con, where all the blood and alchemy is, mm-hmm. right? But I, I have my pack coming to me. So, uh, I noticed people Matt who got did, it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, did they? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Matt Holland did say US. that there would be blood and alchemy cards available to people who wanted to use them for various tournaments to, to borrow. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah. I wasn't. I hadn't, I hadn't seen that gonna, specifically. He was that's do excellent. That. Okay, yeah. I saw they mentioned they were going to do something, not what they were going to do. So yeah. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they were going to do, and so we might good be doing them. doling out that kind of thing for that's, folks. That's very smart. That's good. Um, but that leads us into like kind of what we are calling our quote unquote main discussion. Although we've had three main discussions already. Well, the Keyforge one was kind of yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Is a, that's a, a big one. interestingly big thing. Um, so, you know. Uh, so deck building for rivals, like. What what are our approaches what to do? deck building for repro- now? Yeah, what, I, I do, do want to say that even though I was the only one that had access to smoke, it actually hasn't resulted in me winning a game yet. <laughs> right? I've come in second a lot, but I haven't actually I, won a four a four player game. I would make the point it's definitely distorted how we play, which I think is the <laughs> I think that's the the big one to be aware of when you talk about the game in general and deck building specifically is rival so far kind of like netrunner did for the whole of its life almost not even early um i would say it is a game that very heavily distorts on the on the presence of certain cards that what you put in your seven faction layout and what you actually get into play and then what ongoing cards or what characters turn up as you play is a big deal you know it's 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 a very um how can i put this the, the the fulcrum is very finely balanced in the multiplayer game. Right. That when someone you know someone plays, I I start I start the game with um, Lishu and a decent um, decent retainer to go and grab, and all yeah. of a sudden everyone's like, right, okay, we've got to handle Lishu. That, yeah. that just happened. That just became a thing, you know. Right. And, there, and and that's and she's not alone. You know that situation's mm-hmm. not alone. So, mm-hmm. especially if she grabs the retainer, there's the bonus there's social a, retainer. There's a banks of yeah, the bonus social retainer. Uh, is it she gets that tour one? guide? I think I think it might be true. I, I look at them by their bonuses, yeah. frankly, but yeah, I think it's still good. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty um, sure. Yeah, you have athlete gives you physical. Yeah, and I that's that nice. Yes, um, that's nice. But yeah, I wanted to like. Do you? What do you start with? Do you start with vamps? Do you start with a winning condition that you're you're plan A then plan B, and then you go to vamps? What? Do you, how do you deck build for this game? Uh, how I'll, would you suggest? I'll take the lead. I, I I deal with it like I deal with most faction games, which is to. Consider how I want to play, plus which is my main faction at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I kind of that's a that's a dual purpose. So you know, am I am I being a particularly fighty deck? Am I planning to go kill a lot of people? Okay, do I feel like um, Bruja or do I feel like um, Toriador? Since those two right now, I think are the big aggressive, go, right. and, go and delete an opponent opponents. 
character well, kind of I, character decks. I think y- you have to start with win condition. Mm-hmm. How do you want to win the game? Mm-hmm. Exactly so. That's going to determine your faction. That's going to determine your agenda. It may even determine your haven. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that... Yeah, it's definitely going to re- t- determine your your faction, your leader, your, you know, three or four of your vamps, and your agenda. Absolutely. Yeah. And it varies... Between four-player games and two-player games, I've been I've been lurking on Discord, right? I've been lurking up there quite a bit now, and the interesting part is that there seems to be like the I think we're in the minority in that the more the most most of the games we've played have been three or four-player. Oh yeah, I most think people dueling. A lot of people are dueling, interesting. and they're like, yeah, this agenda doesn't work for dueling. Well, yeah, of course, right? Mm. But it's amazing for. Like it opens up opportunities for in multiplayer. Well, it's like I said. I said this months ago when we first started talking about the game. I, like this is back like beginning of the year when it basically when we first found out about it. Yeah. There's there are two modes of deck building for rivals. Yeah. Two yeah. metas, frankly, I think there's going to be. Yeah. yeah. There there is a multiplayer meta and there's a single player like d- dueling meta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there and there always will be because yeah they they can't. It's very difficult to make cards that are good in both. They're equally good in both situations. Yeah, and just and like you say, just the different pressures and constrictions of either playstyle will lend themselves to the to functionally different right. pools. Right, there'll right. be cards that simply can be discounted. So, so player, that's another you know? thing you should really take into account as you're beginning your deck building. Is okay, is this a dueling deck or is this a multiplayer deck? Yeah. Okay, how do I want to win this multiplayer game, or how do I want to win this duel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and so then that's that's going to constrain your choice of of agenda. Also, it's going to inform your faction deck building. Mm-hmm. So when I built the the deck that I have, the the Bruja Malkavian deck that I've got, that's uh, based around the the one where you you know you get agenda points for people being in the streets. Uh, that yeah, was I, yeah. I I was thinking, okay, I'm going to build. I need to figure out how to build a weenie rush deck in this game. Mm-hmm. I need to get as many vampires out as I can and have them in the streets as often as possible. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, at, at four vamps in the streets at the beginning of my turn, I get two agenda points. Right. Passively, for doing, right. for right. doing nothing else. Yeah. So so how do, I, how do I get vamps into the streets? How do I keep vamps in the streets? Yeah, I mean, that, that there, worth noting, that might be one of the few ways of having a really solid chance of getting three to four points a turn. Yeah. That's a hell of a thing. Yeah, if yeah. you if you can passively yeah. gain two and then two then can perform two actions, which could well, you gain, gain you two. gain two and you get one retainer. That's three points. Yeah, exactly. That's three points in a turn. It takes you four turns four turns to get to twelve. Yeah, and right. it's it's monstrous. Yeah, right. Well, so well assuming and, the, and, the, and the kill turn, the getting to four becomes a case of I start my turn. If I can get two takedowns, character retainer, two retainers, whatever this turn, done. Yeah, yeah that's, now, that's a hell of a thing. It, you can't. Yeah. That's that, that starts from turn one, so you have to get a retainer. Your retainer is your thirteenth, and then you have four more turns, because you you're most likely not going to bring out two vamps on your first turn. Mm-hmm. You might, but there yeah, might the, be a retainer the, to the, get two. There is so there's a ramp up your first turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. second turn is when you really should start, be starting to get into that. Yeah, it's 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 not a rush deck. It's a sprint deck. If you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I think for most most of the decks we've seen. The big deal has not so much been the getting the um, getting the mass, vast majority of points. It's that run from seven to eight. It's the sprint to the finish point. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's what gets yeah. you the wins. You know. So so building that, I you know, it's like okay, what vamps do I have available for me that I can do this? Which uh, clans help you know contribute most to this uh, this win condition? Mm-hmm. And so that's how I built my faction deck, and then. The library, the the forty card, you know, just action deck. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that was, okay, well, what supports my vampires? What supports my win condition? And then it was just, you know, getting all the cards that could possibly support that and then winnowing it down to to a 40-card deck. It's worth noting, too, as well, with the limited pool we've got right now and looking at what you played and having thought about this myself, I did a fair bit of Malkavian conspiracy stuff, is the idea that right now we don't have a whole lot of um, ongoing support cards that are... We don't have enough of a body of ongoing cards that support specific playstyles. You know, like, if you're saying, I want to go into something where it's all prestige... You've right. got one or two options. Right. If, you, if I'm going to something that's defensive, there's like and it's a like, defensive ongoing card. It's like sixty percent of? of the way there. Yeah, I would say the cards are like six, yeah. like you, get the 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 plan A gets you, you know, sixty percent of the way. Whether it's killing all the, your opponents' vampires or whether it's yeah. getting thirteen points, you're gonna okay. I'm gonna get to eight, and then I'm gonna kind of. Ugh. And then I got to do a little bit more different planning, but mm. that's what the multiplayer is all about, right? Well, like uh, multiplayer, I found like I'm I'm sometimes I'm out of sorts. Yeah. Okay. The simple. last game we played, you were fucking salty as hell. <laughs> oh yeah. Not yeah, out yeah, of yeah no, it was no, also no. it was also an utterly brutal game. Holy cow! The, yeah. the point the point scoring and the takedowns in that one were were like well, holy crap. I, no, I understand, <laughs> but I, the only thing I take issue with was him saying he was out of sorts. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, okay. No, no. That <laughs> is the understatement <laughs> of the fucking bullet. Well, I had <laughs> that oh, was that was yeah that was the game where like in my forty card deck I have eight. Uh, events of various types, right? Mm-hmm. I had six of them in my opening. Eight you got hosed cards. by various cards. The card draw was screwed. And I was like, style. and like, and I have like thirty combat associated cards in that yeah. deck, or twenty eight. And now I have like thirty two because I took out four events. I'm like, I'm never having this happen again. Like, yeah. I'm just, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you had like um, it was f- five three-point agendas in hand level of like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Opening it was, not, it was cool. not us. Yeah, well, you, you got hosed by, by card variants, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just think it's funny that you're like, yeah, I was out of sorts. Yeah. No. <laughs> he's, come, he's come to terms with that level now. It's fine. <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm making the point there right now with the card pool we've got that right this second with deck building, um, more thought is going into... Um, Defensive reactions and attack and attack cards than it is to other ongoing or sitting play stuff, which I think will shift somewhat as the pool opens. Okay, but right, like if I was if I was building, um, uh, like Doug's, defending Doug's, yourself, Doug's, yeah. so that you can enact whatever plan you have to based well, on the board state. More the fact of those types of cards, the reactions and the attacks right now, because there's a solid mass of them. And there aren't many um, other ongoing cards that do similar jobs. The inclination is, we'll just get more of those reactions and. And, uh, and attack yeah. cards, you know? Okay. If I was building Doug's and Malkavian, I need four guys in the street, I wouldn't be thinking in terms of ongoings and particular vampires so much as I would be, which defensive cards do I, which reaction tricks do I need, which special counters, which attack cards do I pick that neutralize someone who might hurt me? And that's just, right, that's right. An, I think that's, a, that's right. a, a snapshot right now. Certainly by the time we get to our second pack, and I think probably by the time we've uh, Blood and Alchemy's widespread, that will change. But right this second, and that's one of the big considerations, is you're going to see more attack and reaction cards. Okay. You know. okay. Well, I, ha- I like that they're, you know, that the we're going to see, you know, Blood and Alchemy and then Wolf and Rat, and we're going to see, you know, new clans, new clans, new clans. But, you know, sort of dovetailing with what you were just saying, I would like to see support cards 
more in-clan support cards for the existing clans, too. I'm, I'm as excited by the new neutrals as I am as the new clan cards. Totally. Yeah. I want to see what they're like. I, see I hope, I hope uh, yeah, yeah like, there's not going to be a lot of neutrals in the in the new packs, from but, what I've heard, from what I've yeah. seen, but those those neutral cards are going to be important. Yeah, as we've said, the, the card, the game seems right now, seems to twist on a really gentle, really light fulcrum, so any any new cards right. could be a big deal, you know? So Yeah, um, I would say as well, one other thing on deck building that I've been struggling with is... The inclination right now to the min max inclination to try and go and get the cards you want from each clan or for at least from two clans, right? Um, I've been not hit the situation yet where I've pulled a really good Bruja card and gone, oh crap, I have no Bruja vampires in play. But fear of that has led me to think very carefully about how I set up faction decks. And I think one of the decks I built was essentially um, essentially Malkavian with a Ventru splash in. But the Ventru cards were so essential to that mal- to that playstyle that I found myself picking my leader as a Ventru vampire to ensure I could play the Ventru cards if I saw them. Well, ensure, you know? And then after that, it'd be like, cool, whatever Malkavian stuff I get, that'll work. Right. So there's some there's some interesting thought in that. Well, and you seven. only have seven. You only have seven vamps. So you can, yeah. you can draw vamps, and you're drawing two cards a turn mm-hmm. automatically, right? So... One can be from your library, and one can be from your vamps, from mm-hmm. your crypts. And so, like, vamps, getting to the vamp is not really a problem. Getting to a specific vamp can be a problem, because it can be number seven. It's, yeah. But it's the race but to get to, to, to it first. Yeah, there's the kicker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. In, in, again, in the multiplayers we've had, most of the time, not so bad. Certainly four-player games have plenty of ramp-up time. Yeah. Uh, in one-on-one. Ooh, that's an interesting, yeah. that's a completely different well, beast. Well, I haven't played yeah. any of that. I yeah. haven't played any of that, so yeah. that's interesting. All right, any other thoughts on uh, Rivals deck building? Just just a uh, straight-up question for you. Does this discussion help you with your uh, deck building? You know? <laughs> we're, back to, what? we're back to the, back to the Tobin well, on the couch. Okay. So, so <laughs> Tell me re- about your deck building. Part of the reason... We, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a little harsh there, Carl. <laughs> well, that's what we're getting close to here. You know? Well, but, no, but the, the, the impetus for this discussion was that game of Rivals where Tobin... In, in, there were two in a row where I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. He got, I, I, I sat there and watched him get fucked hard Dude, yeah. by card variants. Yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. And I, he had... He was out of the game from round one. Oh, it was you, me, well, and Jason. Yeah, you know, you know, going for the win. And Tobin's like, I might be able to do something sometime. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't so much about it being out of the game. It was the matter of feeling like it was the case, like things getting so badly stymied that yeah, tilt, start, tilt, well, tilt from the first. But, but that's straight a, off. Yeah. The, I would, I, I would differ with you. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't have, if you only have actions that don't help you. Mm-hmm. Right, like I have first turn stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. I played Harold, uh, right? Mm-hmm. I played Harold. I put a vampire in play for le- one less prestige, but I paid that prestige to Harold. And then, and then I just had actions like, okay, I don't want to do this. Like, this doesn't benefit me anyway because I don't have a vampire out that can do anything with this, right? Like, I need a vampire out. So then, I was locked into this. I can't get a. I can't go get a retainer because I don't have a combat card in my hand to en- to enhance the strength. I can't take care of an SAD. I can't attack anybody because mm-hmm. my vampires are two one one or one 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 or two zero one or whatever. Like the attack wasn't working. So like, 
when you don't have something in your hand to support what your vampires want to, what you want to do with your vampires, you got nothing to do. There's mm-hmm. no like, and that's where I'm finding, and maybe maybe I'm suffering from having played Vitesse for twenty years or fifteen years, right? Vitesse had default actions. Like if you couldn't do anything, you'd be like, "I'm going to hunt. I'm going to do this. I'm going to like you." There was there was non-card actions you could do, mm-hmm. right? There aren't non-card actions you can do in in this game. Mm-hmm. It, Draw right every. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's but that's not an action for your vampires to take. That's right. not a, that's that's just a draw. And I mean, I did do that for a couple of turns. That, yeah. Those there, and I just kept getting more and more frustrated because I kept drawing events. Yeah, that's kind of the point I was making. To clarify what I was saying earlier was um, clearly, yeah, you had an opening that completely bowed well, you. But you said you said regardless of whether the like I I was truly out of it. I. Yeah. I was because I couldn't do like yeah, when but, I can't uh, do anything for two turns yeah. and everybody else is m- advancing their game their win condition in whatever way I'm done. Yeah, I'm 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 not disputing that. That's completely accurate. What I'm referring to is your opening hand, your opening draw tilted you quite understandably. It hit you and went, "Oh, geez, this is complete crap." And then for me, it felt like. If you'd drawn perfectly well turn two, turn three, you might have had a chance to get back in. You didn't, and the game continued to bone yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, but from yeah, the yeah. first yeah, yeah. second, the big problem you had was, well, shit. You know, you, you, your, opening, your opening hand was, well, crap, and, and a table of people who seemed to go out. I mean, I got a classic fast leash you opening compared to, you know, oh, great, that's exactly what I want, sweet go, compared yeah. to you going, I got balls. Yeah, Absolute yeah. balls. Well, one of the things know? that I did... Well, with, and it, but I, so, so just to finish, I think... I think part of my challenge is that I've got I've I'm I'm vamp, vampires uh, vampires right and like mm-hmm. they're doing things and I'm seeing the same symbols that I saw in Vitas with the with the skills skill symbols, and I can't quite get out of that mentality of that game because I find myself going oh no that's Vitas yeah at least once during every rival. Well, yeah, I can't help you. It, it would be like playing. It would like somebody who played a um, classic um, Watsy Netrunner than playing Android. And I don't have that issue. Yeah. But yeah. I can imagine going, no, 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 hold on. No, 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 hold on. I mean, actually, I've got an even better example. That's simple enough. It's like playing the released version of a game we've playtested. Yes. Because for the first week, we're going, no, that was iteration, <laughs> whatever it was, freaking nine months ago. No, wait, it doesn't wait, work like that anymore. Wait, what does Hideo Kasada do again? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, not even that, just, what's the draw rule? How many times did that change? You know, yeah. how do we resolve this? Didn't that fuck? You know, yeah, you know, all the time. Well, all wait, do, the do I have to time. break all four or just three? I, yeah, I, I don't remember forget. anymore. Yeah, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so I, I completely get that. Yeah, that, that that I can't comment on. Well, actually, I can, and I totally understand that. Yeah, I can imagine that being a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I get that. It, so, so has this conversation helped me a little bit? Like, I'm realizing that I realized that the agenda you pick is. Of vital importance. I had picked, I had picked the the three the multiple ones that you mentioned strength, before, strength right? Numbers, yeah. right? Strength in numbers. Yeah. And all and and so I had three, and all Jason had to do was come back and attack and put one of them, one of them yeah. in torpor. Just boom, right. just boom. I like think, oh, there's a weakness. I think there's a really oh, interesting sucks. point to say here. Both I think both strength in numbers and bleed them dry. The other favored one of yours. Yeah. I think those are both excellent two player ones. Because there is far less likelihood for someone to take away the ability for you to score and strengthen numbers in a in a one on one, because there's just less people to come and poke to come and screw you over, right? Right. You're, you're far less likely to have a random vampire. This is a good idea for someone to come and take out because blood feuders or whatever. I think yeah. strength in numbers is actually better in multiplayer than two player. Eh, uh, fair enough. Well, but but, but, but it's only yeah. it's it depends on the it depends on the rivals. 
connections. Mm-hmm. If the if the, it's two pairs of rivals, it sucks. Right? Yeah. Because then all that person has to do is make sure you're not getting agenda points. And they're 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 limiting your ability to act against them. If it's a it's a one v one v one relationship, basically. it's mm-hmm. a if it's a round table of rivals relationship, it's a little bit better because now your attention is split between being aggressive over here and being defensive over here. When you have a pair, being aggressive towards someone with strength in numbers is also defensive in nature. Mm-hmm. Right? I get, so what, you, you're get what you're saying. Yeah. But making the point there that in a four-player, you could be the person in strength in numbers who's careening away into the lead. And mm-hmm. at that point, there are three other people who only have to take one of your guys out yeah. to get you down to two. Right, right. Yeah. That's with, why I think the two-player there. But with strength in numbers, my goal... So I, I chose Bruja and Malkavian because I can get some vampires that have good stats... That are pretty cheap. My goal with my deck is to get fa- five vampires on the table. Oh, yeah. Totally. yeah. Well, and I th- and I don't know that strength in numbers is good in multiplayer. I think bleed them dry is better than strength in numbers in multiplayer. And, and I bleed them dry might also be good in two player. But I, think I think that I think that actually might be one of the strongest. I think bleed it dry. When we really look at it, it might be one of the strongest two player plays because with bleeding dry, you will gain a point a turn. Unless you are about to lose the game, you will yeah. gain a point. Attack, attack yeah, and do something else. Minimum, attack, basically, just else. poke them. As long as you land something, and a one card cost will land you some damage. There's right. almost not. There's almost no situation I can think of, you know, where the vast majority of time it won't be a case of poke, take yeah. one blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might be one of the like the holy cow kind of um, runs personally. But yeah, anyway, getting a little a uh, little too far into the weeds on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, final th- final thoughts on v- rivals deck building. I was going to say, uh, whatever our thoughts are, don't panic. It's all about to change. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how much more of a percentage extra game are we about to get? It's like a 25%, 30% more or something? That was, yeah. uh, I, I, I have to compliment you on that, Carl. That was a very Douglas Adams the hitchhikers, sort of Oh, yeah, this was a, this was a definitely a towel, towel moment. Yeah, Like, don't panic. It's all about to change. Yeah. Um, interesting consideration that I enjoy about Rivals right now, and I know this has been a sticking point for yourself somewhat mentally, is... In multiplayer particularly, a lot of the game is more passive knock-on effects than it seems. When talking about the game revolving around the yeah. card being played, there's much more, many more cases of something other than just attacking something and getting a retainer or a vampire. The players can make a lot of moves where, where the ball goes, oh, well, that all changed. It's a bit yeah. more like Netrunner in that state yeah. to me, yeah. of like, oh, that all shifted. Okay. Uh, for my final thought, uh, I, th- I like your thought, Carl, uh, but for my final thought is I, I think that Rivals has more brutalistic deck building than several of the games that I've played. It is hard to build. I mean, you have to trim like you, you have You have to look at every card as you're building, especially your library, especially the, your 40-card library. As you're building that library, you have to say, how does this card directly support my win condition? It doesn't, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, it, you, There's not a lot of room for nice-to-haves. Yeah, there's almost none, frankly. Like, o- almost none at all. That's that's. So, you know, the yeah. the... the Back in L5R days, we had sort of the American deck building style versus the European deck building style, where the European deck building style was more toolkit, you know, more you know things of just in case and you know things that don't necessarily directly support your win condition. Mm-hmm. The American style of deck building was very much what you know work towards my win condition with every point, card in my deck. Point of the spear. Yeah, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think rivals is going to be across the board going to be more point of the spear sort of deck building. Yeah, certainly at the right. moment, at least until unless until or and unless something comes along to shake it up pretty heavily. Yeah, yeah. card wise. Yeah. So, all right. So I've got a a a two minute a special segment here. Two minutes. We get to discuss one topic, and I and I bring in it. So I'm kind of surprising you both with it, and I'll give you each a turn to do this over the subsequent 
uh, cast, but we're only spending a couple minutes doing this. So here are my thoughts. Is The topic is there are a frack ton of games, and your example about your comments on Soulforge Fusion earlier and saying, hey, I, I backed it and I would get it, but I don't think I could convince anybody to play it. We've got a lot of players in this community. We've got a lot of card players in this community, but we don't have a lot of card players playing any one game or any two games to be and honest. it's gotten worse, actually. Yeah, it's gotten worse in the last... It's like this since, year. This yeah, year, yeah. it's gotten worse. As we're coming kind of out of the pandemic to play in real life, there is Netrunner, there Nisei, Nisei Netrunner happening. Which at they Escape. just announced a, the new... Uh, <laughs> Uh, expansion for that okay. called Borealis. So, right. you know, that's that's alive and well and new cards coming out. Okay, yeah. so you got Nisei Netrunner happening. You got Ashes Reborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashes happening. You've got Keyforge still being played at our store. You've got... There's another one. Oh, Rivals, Rivals of course. Just Rivals. And you've got new cards coming out for Ashes. You've got new cards coming out for Rivals. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got people... Who are coming in? What maybe I heard Marvel Champions mentioned the other night. Yep. So we've got all these players, but no one's playing a game first, or there doesn't seem to be a critical mass besides the four of us, including Jason, playing rivals. Mm-hmm. There aren't four, <laughs> other than Actually, Netrunner happening sometimes well, at but, Wizard's Chest. But we've had we've had what three four weeks ago at Wednesday night we had six people. Playing Netrunner at the Wednesday night ge- uh, game at Total Escape, and uh, Rich, the guy who's the current Netrunner World Champion, was there playing with us. If you're listening, case, Rich, I really enjoyed those games. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a runner split. It was kind of cool. Uh, playing, <laughs> we were playing startup, uh, the startup format. But that's the biggest group of, of people we've had playing the at, same game. Yeah, yeah, at one at one event recently. Like within, I, I, that's like that was like a sort of a watershed. Having six people there to play one game together was kind of a watershed moment for 2021. In that it was the the first time that's we've had that many people in one place playing one game and, together. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess I, I'm I'm saying all this because I'm uh, I'm 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 saddened by it. I'm saddened by that that it's a it's a community run game that is that albeit. Netrunner, Nisei Netrunner is a great game. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. Like the cards are great. Like, it's like it's like yeah. someone saying, "Hey, Magic, there's there's a 30 person Magic tournament." I'm like, okay, it doesn't affect <laughs> me in the slightest, right? And that's where that's where Jason, like Jason, we we talked to Jason about Ashes. He's like, "Yeah, whatever, it doesn't affect me in the slightest." Like there are games that each of us were like, "Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good," right? Like I'm the one who's most likely to the, play just about anything. Right, you're the one yeah, exactly. And so I guess what I'm just doing is like. Is this kind of, is it too, is the card game, is the competitive card game market too chaotic right now? I well, think it's, with Soulforge Fusion coming online and who knows what, well, a year, Soulforge 18 months? Fusion is Holy the, crap. It'll be, I think they're they're looking at an early 2022 fulfillment Okay. Um, for the physical product. Uh, like I mentioned before, uh, Pine Box Entertainment just kickstarted a new version of Doomtown, the, like a new core set for it. That oh, right. they, and they're going to rotate out all the old FF, uh, excuse me, AEG cards from that were you know Doomtown Reloaded. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're trying they're starting to so they're starting fresh with that game. So you know it's basically you know like core set rotation, like kind of like we had with Netrunner or you know et cetera. And uh, so they're trying to breathe new life into that game. Then they're also working on that Seven C. 
City of Five Sales card game. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which right. I, is 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 kind of going to be more a little bit more board game ish, but it's still going to be a competitive card game. Mm-hmm. So that's going to you know dilute the pool. You've got Soul Forge Fusion. You've got Nisei Netrunner, Ashes Rivals. You know, I mean, yes, there there's a shit ton uh, not to mention Magic and. There's a few other CCGs out there. There's the, the the competitive card game pool right now is expanding heavily. We're getting to a point where, if before long, it's going to be kind of like the uh, CCG explosion of the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, that's kind of how. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Hmm. But so, without the without the actual money grab, right? Right. Well, I mean, like, yeah. fingers crossed. Right. See, so the the thing you're mentioning there is a an issue. There's a problem of like seeing lots of people, seeing like eight people turn up and there being four games between them, rather right, than being like right. eight people turning up and right. there being one or two. Um, first of all, I may or may not be in the minority, I don't know, but the longest time I played card games, that's how I played them, is I came along with, I've got two games with me and a handful of board games and something else I want to try, and I don't really mind too much. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll have one I'm thinking about, but I'm not going to be cut up if I don't get to play X game. You know, that's kind of how I've always done things. And I found that's a good way, maybe that's the size of the pool and the kind of clientele the cafe got. I found that was a good way to make sure I got to play something and wasn't worried about it so well, much. You know, like, um, one of my, uh, for I have a couple of examples of card games that it's like, well, why do I fucking collect this? Mm-hmm. So like, same I, here. I collect, yeah. I, I didn't kickstart the new version of Doomtown, but I have... The almost all the card pool for the the existing card pool for Doomtown, mm-hmm. including the stuff that uh, Pine Box Entertainment's put out. But mm-hmm. I'd never played Doomtown. Yeah. Why am I collecting this card game? Yeah, totally. You know, uh, my my current one that is the bigger you know one in this is Summoner Wars. I I have Summoner Wars. I bring the master set with me to Total Escape, and I have yet to have a game of it. You know, physically with someone. Mm-hmm. I like the I've played the online version. It's great. I like the digital app version. It's cool. It's a great game. I would love to play it more, but it's like I bring it, and yeah, there's really no interest. Yeah, and it'd be. It's, I think it's a cool game. I'd like to introduce it to more people, but yeah. there, there is there's a, there's a difficulty getting people. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I would make the point. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly reasonable comment, and I totally get that. And I'd say that for me is what I would think of as the um, board game collector situation. You know, you turn, you turn up with a bag full of eight games, and you try and get one of them played. And the odds of any one particular one getting fired, unless it's an absolute stormer, and everyone's already like, "Well, you've got wingspan or whatever in the middle of the height," then yeah, sure, we'll play that. Um, I would say if we were if. With your kind of concern there about how congested the site is, if we were turning up on a Wednesday and it was a rival's night and everyone was playing multiple different games, I would be concerned. But what we but from what it's what I've been seeing is a group of people just turning up to play some card games. It's been a card game evening. Yeah. And people are playing card games and as far it's it's always hard to be sure what's gonna happen, but every single time we've been playing something, you know, the people doing Netrunner have gone Oh, hey, you guys doing Rivals. Oh, look at that. You know, all the people playing, you know, us, us playing um, Ashes has had someone go, someone go, oh, yeah, look at that. You know, the cross the yeah, cross pollination still happens. Yeah, and, yeah, you know? and, and that's, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that seeing other people play other card games will, but just like this podcast, right? Yeah. We're talking about three different, three different games, and we're hoping that uh, because of what we're saying about Rivals, an Ashes player will consider rivals, and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah, totally. Right, yeah. and that's and or, and and that the Keyforge players will consider. We've already these had and some so cross pollination. Yeah. yeah, and so we've had some, and so I guess I'm frustrated because all oh, it's like, and then there's flesh and blood, and then <laughs> flesh and blood has Sky a small make it, Sky Terror, even though it's a men's game. 
is has taken some of our players. Uh, you know, so well, I think, just, I think that might be very odd. That might be the mindset there. He's thinking it in terms of it's taken some of our players because I think you're. you're and this is no offense here. I think you're still thinking in the terms of I play this game. That person there is a such a player. No, no. I you know when I think about when I think about our players, I think about potential card players. Anybody mm-hmm. who I've played a card game against. Yeah. So all the Netrunner crew, the Conquest folks, the L5R folks, mm-hmm. Keyforge people, they're all. They're all people who have played card games because card games takes a special kind of like once you, in, you know, everybody's like, oh, I played Magic to begin with. Okay, so then you have the basic idea of card games is that mm-hmm. there's a rule structure and the cards break it. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So so there's something to that. So I, when I say our players are, are that's that's what I'm talking yeah. about. But, I'm, I'm, I'm but, it is, but it is tough. Like, yeah. you know, you only have a certain amount of of time to use and I want to spend the time playing games that I want to play. And sometimes, you know, you just like people are playing different stuff and you're like, okay, well, well, I, I make the point there that like, I'm going to put this, I, it still sounds to me like viewing it through, through the lens of, you know, this is my game for the week. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming along on Wednesday with this game to play. Unless that unless that Wednesday is that game night, you know, Netrunner night at the whatever, or Ashes night at the whatever, um, you are you are setting yourself up more for that for a little bit of disappointment, you know. If you're going to come along saying this is the one we're going to get this in, I mean, I totally understand that. No, no, it's no, completely I, human I, it's, and natural it's, it's, to be it's like. It's not. It's yeah. not a matter of game. It's not a matter of game of the night thing. Yeah. It's a matter of uh, four people playing, turning up to t- t- to play. Four people getting together to play the same game, and yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, well, that's right? a good because you have people coming in. You have like there's four of us, but maybe sometimes it's me and you, and Jason can't make it, and you and I are playing Ashes, but everybody else is playing Netrunner and or well, you being me in that statement. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying, we'll, I'm saying we'll keep in mind as well that that's nature of life. I mean, yeah, I missed the last couple of weeks for a variety of selected selected reasons. You know, that's that's life there. That's less the nature of the game world. That's the situation we're in. Yeah, Combination yeah. of pandemic and the normal things. You that missed go down, a good right? introductory game of Eon's End. Oh really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, going our on friendly that. Langston, um, he asked me last Wednesday if I would bring Aeon's End and play it with him, and so uh, we were having a game of Aeon's End, and Jason was playing Netrunner, and Tobin was like, "And I'm out." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, everybody was having fun, right? Like he, he was playing his Aeon Ends with Lee, and 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 Jason was playing with uh, a guy named Johnny, mm-hmm. and they were playing Netrunner, and I'm like, "Okay, right?" Like. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. I'm good. Like I played three. I think Jason and I played three games of KeyForge, mm-hmm. so I played some games. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. You know, I would say as well. One other thought that comes to mind here for me personally, and from the um, amount of time I've had to watch people, is what you're encountering now might be the age range of the gamers we're playing with. Because, and I'm, I mean that in a very broad, like getting past the teenage, early twenties area into the, <laughs> into the not young adult but adult, and well before late middle age huge gap where most people don't have that whole thing of here is one thing I come and play here's another right, come along to right, you know because right. a combination of disposable income and just not having that teenage hyper focus you know I know these days I'm much less likely to go like to think here is the thing I'm currently playing god damn it play this thing whatever right, it is right, video right, game right, board right. game whatever I'm more likely to go Right. What do I feel like? I've got this enormous selection frankly these days what I have both in board, board, board games and video games is the steam problem what's in my backlog? yeah yeah. The answer is too much, and I can't pick anything. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right. So uh, finishing up, something good. 
whenever I get my brain into some new project thing I want to work on, whatever size of project it is, because I'm good at picking large and small at the same time, I have this little mental thing where I go, don't tell people you're doing it at first, because I have this weird mental thing of, if I tell someone I'm working on writing novel, writing articles for Medium or something, right? right. In a week or so, I'll go, some of the impetus is gone, or I can't think of something, or whatever, or I'm, I've lost some momentum, and I'll start beating myself up over it, and that will turn into I won't do it. It's a psychological thing I have going on. I am like bad you, at personal It's kind of projects. like you jinx yourself. Yes, I entirely jinx myself. If you tell somebody, you jinx yourself. If I tell myself someone too early, or too too um, enthusiastically about it, you know, like, okay. oh, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to mention that over the last six months, I've had a handful of board game design ideas. Um, the most recent one I've had has got further along than any of the others. That's all I'm going to say. Good. But I, good, I, I am good. right now, like literally this morning, I was going, yeah, that'll be a good component for that. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm really enjoying the books that I'm reading right now. Let's see the two books that uh, I've been working on. Um, first one was uh, the author's name is Serhi Ploki. I think is the how you pronounce it. He's he's Ukrainian. Uh, the book is titled, entitled Chernobyl, A History of yes, a Nuclear Catastrophe. Yes, yeah, thank you. I knew I knew the name. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good book. And it, it, it's definitely a very, he, like, he talks a lot about the sociopolitical uh, lead up and ramifications of the disaster. And then, so I finished that and now, and like, that one I actually, I just devoured. And now I'm reading Midnight in Chernobyl by, uh, is the last name, uh, is it Adam Higginbotham? I think his name is Adam, but okay. Higginbotham is the guy's last name. Another good book, and this one goes more into the people and the the technology and like the 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 physics and chemistry of you know what went wrong. Okay. Uh, so, so you know, I guess some my something good is reading about the world's worst nuclear catastrophe. Yeah. So you, you you talking about that there just puts puts this little thing in mind. One of my favorite YouTubers made the joke where they were talking about like philosophy. They were a philosophy um, YouTube channel and saying about like like you know it's like come on this is this is really interesting stuff we're talking about. It's like it's not like we're going back to like. Um, Read, read um, some ger- some uh, German industrialists writing about strip mining in like the 1930s. He goes, I'm, I want to read about some German industrialists strip mining <laughs> in the 1930s. You know, and that, that's that kind of book where you go, you go, Chernobyl disasters, the social political political stuff leading up. I mean, yeah, I want to read that actually. Well, <laughs> that sounds really interesting. There is something. Is. There is something. They're cathar- fascinating. <laughs> you know, there, oh, totally. There yeah. is something cathartic about reading about the mistakes we've made. Hopefully, with the idea that some of them, some of them, we've we being who the collective we have learned from them, and we're not going to make them as often anymore, or they're not going to be as bad. So there is some there's some redeeming value to that review of the mistakes. You know what? Maybe okay. So now we know what these mistakes are. We've put some things in place to either mitigate them happening or to mitigate their effect should they happen. So there is something well, co- th- that's yeah. very human about that process. Yeah. There's the, the emotional distance. Once something is a historical event, yeah. Yeah. we can read about it without without mm-hmm. getting any baggage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or at least as, as much. Right? right. Well, the 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 so the the mitigation step for, you know, disasters like Chernobyl was uh, shutting down all the RBMK-1000 reactors in existence. They, they, they knew were faulty. No, they all are <laughs> yes. faulty. No, saying, saying that, but they, but they, that they knew. That's my point. They knew the, they knew the design they was knew, faulty. They knew the design <laughs> was... Yeah, they, they knew the design had problems. Right. And had been told and, for some time. You know? Well, yeah. and, and Chernobyl wasn't the first disaster with an RBMK-1000. Yeah, it was just a big... It was just a headliner. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, my so that's the, good, sorry, that's uh, Doug something good. Nuclear meltdown. Moving on. <laughs> yep, nuclear um, meltdown. 
my something good as is you know going going back to where the heart is right like um i've read the sandman series i started reading the sandman oh. series in 1991 it was uh that was the current issue was like 24 or 25 i i got the collected issues i started reading them and so i've read the series all the way through it ended in 96 or 97 somewhere in there um, and I just finished reading the series for, I think, like a sixth or seventh time. And it's just really good to go home again. Like One to of the streaming services things. is working on a Sandman series. Netflix. Netflix. Yep. Mm-hmm. Netflix. So yep. would you consider yourself quite a, a gaming fan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I don't know. No, no, no. Not seen your library. I'm as, so, much, yeah. as, I'm as much a Gaunt's Ghost fan as I, I'm more of a gaming fan than I am a Gaunt's Ghost fan. Like, like. Uh, Mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't read a lot of his uh, children's stuff. Well, see, there's the interesting side point. Everything else, because I've, I've, I've first bounced, of everything. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I've dipped in and out of Sandman a fair bit, and I'm aware mm-hmm. of. I'm aware of the content style and how well regarded it is. Just that one of those things. For whatever reason, I've really hit it. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm unusual with graphic novel stuff myself. It's one of those deals. But I've um, delved pretty heavily into his into his um, um, novel bibliography and a very big fan there so. yeah so i have i bought a first printing of him and terry pratchett's good omens uh, good omens uh, for so, five dollars so be, quick. in boulder because there oh, were like a shit, stack really? of them yeah because he was an unknown he At was the time yeah. he was this is 1994 in boulder sandman was like the only comic he, he was he writing sandman so a lot of people showed but not like I wouldn't say a hundred people showed up to a to Time Warp in Boulder, and I made the drive, and I was like, "Well, he wrote a novel with another person. I'm not sure. He's a comic book writer. Can he write a novel? Whatever." I picked it up. I had him sign it. I I was like fourth in line, so I had him sign (laughs) half a dozen things. I got back in line, had him sign a half a dozen more things, including Good Omens. So I have a Good Omens first printing. Damn, I think man. it's a, even a first printing of UK edition, so it's like the very so it first over. First nice, version. jeez. And and he had a hundred of them on the shelf mm-hmm. when he opened that. Right, he's trying to sell them. He's selling for five bucks a piece, and I think he sold like five. <laughs> Holy cow! That's that's one of those crazy ones, isn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah, but I have I have. First I can do you one better. Shit. Yeah. My wife has a copy of Good Omens. It's a paperback version, but so it's you know uh, it's like a mass market printing. Yeah, but it's signed by Terry Pratchett. No, oh, Pratchett's cool! Yeah, there's that's a tougher one to get now, to say yeah, the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, was, but yeah. I have I have some rare stuff too from him. Angels and okay. Visitations is a uh, poetry and mm-hmm. short story collection yep. by him that was published by a small print press in like ninety five, ninety six, and they did it, and that was it. And yeah. there. Now all those stories have been reprinted in one form I was or another. Say exactly, yeah, but for a while, there yeah. was only one place you could get. A, that was the only. Yeah, that's place a common one that people say about was it, it was it, it being re-disseminated out in different mm-hmm. forms. Yeah. Um. To total side hot take. I'm a, a I am a ludicrous Terry Pratchett fan, and I'm a very strong uh, Neil Gaiman fan, and I don't like Good Omens. <laughs> yeah, I yeah no, Sorry, yeah. it's just I don't know what it is about it. I've, uh, all the components should work. Something about it. I love I love know. the footnote about the <laughs> I, I like I like the footnote about the British monetary system. Oh Lord, yeah, you're joking. That's, that yeah. footnote about the British monetary See, system is absolutely fantastic. Not not to get way <laughs> off track here, but just to pick one out because you mentioned game and stuff. One of my favorite works of his, um, largely because it's uh, takes two cultures that a lot of people will not know much about, and one of them is minority culture in the UK, yeah, and one of them is the. Um, the ethnic background that that culture came from in in the places they lived before they were forcibly displaced as slaves during the whatever right. hundreds, right. and that's Anansi boys. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nancy Boy is one of those ones that hit home for me by being massively familiar on the UK side. There's a lot of stuff in there that is so damn British, particularly if you know about what their minority life was like. And the other half, which was completely new to me, and the two were beautifully linked. Yeah, so, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, I could do a gaming podcast. I mean, honestly, like... <laughs> I could take you on Let's that. not. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we could it's, do a, it's hot enough we, out here as it is. We, we, could yeah. do, we could do... Like, I could seriously do 100 episodes on gaming stuff. Oh, yeah, sure. I, on the, on the flip side, I could practically quote Pratchett books to you word for word <laughs> if you wanted. <laughs> yeah, there you go. An hour at a time, pretty go. easily. Oh, my word, depending on the... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun stuff. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at artofwarcast, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps others find us. Thank you for listening.